It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That's the that's the line of the day. If a, if a coach jumped off the sideline to they tackle, were, they probably they were, jelly. They were, <laughs> like I think, like I'm trying to like because you got to think of how many people would lose money off that. Like oh, yeah. you, you, people would lose their homes. Like they'd be like, you let her in, and then it, they would think that the NFL was rigged. That right. The yeah, fact yeah. That and they, that's a fact, right there. They're like you can't like. Now nah, you'd have that would have to be a touchdown. I wonder if it's ever happened like in high school. Like I could see that happening. It's with some crazy high school football coach. Well, right. Steve Doing Becker something said like that. something close to that happened in 1954 Cotton Bowl between Alabama oh. and Rice. Oh, really? That's what he said. I got a, He sent the video, too. Let me look at it. All right. And if, well, it's, and if it's a player, I think if it's a player. Yeah. That's a little like a coach. I don't think a coach would ever do it. You know what? Let's ask Mary Kay about it. Mary Kay Cabot is with us. Cleveland.com. And here she is. Good to see her. Hi, Mary Kay. How you doing? Oh, we got an audio issue. We will work with her to get that. Okay. Fixed. Give me one oh, second, that's guys. Weird. That sounded like Pong. Boop, boop, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. That was like the first game you'd get. You get that. And what was the uh, the first um, <laughs> combat? You remember that game with Atari? Did yeah. You know oh, yeah. I had Atari day? back in the day. Oh, I my gosh. This kid. He was running. He was running for the touchdown, and this dude came off the sideline. I remember that. He came I, off the sideline and clapped it. <laughs> uh, Director Steve was do, running cameras for that game. By oh, the way. Wow. oh, yeah, he probably was. <laughs> Director Steve, bro, listen. Hey, we, listen. Hey, I better not ever find you on, on, on ID, ID Network. He, he was just a simple director. <laughs> But little did he know he had a sordid past. The dark side. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even have to do Going right that. to the FBI. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was spooky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. His, his All right. Is... Uh, we're working to get Mary Kay connected again. We're having a little bit of an audio. Tommy, Tommy Lewis tackled this Dicky guy. Dicky? <laughs> yeah. All right, Dicky. Dicky Mangle. Wow. That's he sounds like a, a bootlegger out of yeah. Missouri. <laughs> They used to be a baseball player for the Astros named Dickie Thon. Or what about R.A. Dickie? R.A. Dickie? Yeah, yeah. There was, there's a p- longtime pitcher and pitching coach, I swear this is his name, Dick Pohl. Yeah, he had to change his name. He Why would you stuff. call yourself Dick if your last name is he, Pohl? He just has to be Tom. He should be just... Or Richard, Richard. right? Isn't yeah, that usually... Richard. How did that become a thing where uh, Dick became short for Richard? Uh, I don't know, man. When I talked to Sherm, I never call him Dick. <laughs> Does anybody? You know what? The funny thing is, when yeah. we was in Seattle, I think it was Mike Bennett that used to say that to him. The running back? No, the defense end. Michael Bennett. The yeah, 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 Wasn't yeah. there a running back, Michael Bennett, too? Yeah, yeah. he played for Boy, Minnesota. Y'all, y'all okay. had some weird cats on that squad. Seattle? Bennett was weird. He's, Marshawn he's, Lynch was weird. He was like, actually, Russell Wilson is weird. Two of, them, two of them is actually hilarious, actually. Mike, Mike B is really funny. I know. Like, <laughs> like, how was y'all – like, it seemed like y'all just didn't pay attention to nobody. Like, I, how did you get them to well, you got to think, think about who the head coach is. He's goofy. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, it was like he encouraged it. Earl, hey, Earl was quiet. Earl, you wouldn't – he wanted to – I told you I went to go get a haircut at Earl's house. He yeah. invited us all over. I spent – I was at Earl's house for literally four hours. I didn't see Earl one time. What? I didn't see him one time. <laughs> what was he doing? Watching film. He goes off. He goes duck off in his in his own place. He got yeah. like a secret place in his house where he goes and he watches tape. Only person that knew where he was at was his wife or ex-wife. I don't know if they got the divorce or yeah. not. She had to go get him. We was, I was like, I'm about to leave. We ain't seen Earl all day. And Nina was like, Oh, I'll go get him. And he came out and he was like, Oh, good, nice, blah blah. blah and then he left. Yeah. Man, there was so good. Huh? It, it was, I, I, I say, I nobody say anything because Earl, <laughs> Earl burnt up the iPad. I mean, we was sitting yeah. there after after a game we played, and he sat there and he watched that. He watches the same play, no exaggeration, like twenty five times before he wow. moves on. And I'll be like, so you know, you sitting there over his shoulder looking at the play. You like, okay, that was good. 
He wound it again. Yeah. Okay, that was good. And eventually you're like, again. I want to go. Girl, get to yeah. the next play. Like, yeah. I want to see the next play. He's like, I'm still looking at something. It's, so, yeah. That's, I it. heard, that's fascinating. I heard <laughs> from one of his ex-teammates who was on the internet, I was looking. They say he was a rookie. He said, yo, he, he said, yo, rookie, want to go work out? He said, yeah. He said, all right, meet me here at 11. Right? He said, bro, I got there at 11. No, he got there at like 11. He said he, he said he told him to meet there at like 6. And he got there at six ten because the place was like twenty minutes away. Because he was like, "I'm about to work out like right now." And the dude was like, "It's five forty-five. He said, "I'm move, I'm working out at six. What said, is that? Said the dude was like, "The garage them outside." His dude was like twenty minutes, twenty twenty-five minutes away from the place Earl was yeah. working at. So he got in the car immediately. He got there. He's like ten minutes late. And Earl said, "Don't ever have me waiting like that again. <laughs> Next time I'm gonna just leave." It's like, it's dude, like, <laughs> it was, the was like. You said you working out like now. Like, I I left wherever I was at on my way. Yeah. Boom, I'm there. They said he was already on the field working out with a lather, getting his back pedal in. That's Earl. Man, I that's said, commitment that's, right there. Earl a different type of cat, man. He was different. And he went in his own place. Did they would call? <laughs> that's now that's true. And I asked Tyler. That's I true. That's true. He said, "Never watch Earl." On, on you Earl. can't watch him. You cannot. When you when you come in as a rookie and you like you you know about Earl Thomas, like oh he's yeah. one of the best safeties. So I'm gonna watch what he do. Your coach will be like you you can't do what Earl do because Earl. Yeah. So for example, let me say, let me give you an example. <laughs> so in Seattle, let me let me draw it up for our viewers so y'all get a good a good. Uh, Visual, what I'm talking about. See, this will be a good podcast. I, I, we need mm. to get players on, and they used to tell us the T. We used to be like, who, who on your team is the most undisciplined but best player? <laughs> this, this is about to be a good. Because when I heard, I heard this, I immediately text Tyvis like, "Yo, you see this clip? Is that true?" He said, "Oh, it's facts. Your coach will be on you. You cannot do what he do." All right. So let me get a camera all right so for this we run cover three in seattle all the time right so you know you got a you got a corner with a third corner with a third boom this guy's a buzzer okay but if you get the threat of four verticals you get a four vertical threat it turns into a seam alert so this guy carries his guy this safety is responsible for the seam of this two right mm -hmm. so what earl would do so every other safety would line up on this hash Right, just right. hash marks. He would line up on this hash because they hit this seam right between the numbers and the hashes. That's where the seam. They they'll belly it out and they'll come back in and hit the seam right there. Earl would purposely, he would line up all the way over here <laughs> to get him to make. And you'd be like, Earl, you know you got this seam. Yeah. He said, I, I'm gonna get to that seam. Trust me. Yeah. I want it. them to throw that ball. Right. He and him. he would make the play. I tried it. Get get out. Get get out. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. So I was like, yeah, I, I'm not. I, you can't do what Earl did. <laughs> so what is he? What would he do? Just he would just run the second to play ball with snaps. He, yeah, because you, when you come out, every quarterback's gonna look at him like, oh my god, this seam is wide open. So he gonna get it and he gonna throw it right away. Earl would. So <laughs> it was funny. So he would put his back. Now nah, he was a little smart about it. He would put his back to this seam, meaning he's looking. This way. That's how his stance would be. Mm -hmm. He would look this way towards this scene. And he would look at the quarterback. And as soon as the quarterback snapped, if he would catch it and look, Earl would just take off. And he'd make it there. I don't know how. I guess the 4-3 speed would work for him. But I tried it. And like I said, they hit Man, it. Every, they hit it. And I never made that crazy. mistake again. <laughs> so, yeah, you cannot watch Earl. No. Earl. And Earl is also the guy that will. you got to post on third. You got to post. But if Earl see that they like to throw that dig, he will vacate that post to go get that dig. And you'll be like, Earl, sure, it actually happened to Sherm. Sherm will be like, you know I, I need you back there in the post. He said, I, I seen that they was going to throw this dig, so I jumped the dig. So <laughs> Sherm would be like. get it right every time? No. Sherm, get, <laughs> Sherm got upset, but Sherm had to make the play. Like what we think his percentage was on getting it. Oh, he's probably like 80%. If he okay. usually if he saw Mike Bennett like that too on the D line. Yeah. Mike Bennett, if he was responsible for the B gap or something like that, he he is actually the funniest. Mike Bennett would be at defensive end and he would look and be like, Oh, I know this formation. I know what play was coming. He would get off the defensive end and go line up and go just shoot the gap that he know that they run into. That's, that's and it will work. 
That, I couldn't believe it. That's that's blasphemy. It was uh, he would and, get up out of his spot yeah. and go line up in the gap and just shoot it. That's what's crazy. amazing to me is <laughs> that's crazy. There had to be a point early in their careers for both of them where coaches were like, well, don't do that crap. What are you doing? You because they had proven No, well, yeah, but you think they probably went out there. At some point, you got to be a football player. That's right. what I teach. That's why you yeah. can't be a robot. A lot of people go off of the playbook tells me to do this, so I'm going to do what the playbook says. Right. But it takes the football aspect out of it. I watch tape. I prepare. I know what they're about to do. So I'm going to just go ahead and make the play. If you make the play, they're not going to say it's nothing enough. to you. There's nothing they can right, say. Right, right, that's the See, that's the, that's the thing about football, like, my dad said this, and I thought it was, he was crazy for saying He's like, hey, look, the first few practices, okay. you got to establish that you do that. Yeah. I, I get these plays off. All right, let's break. We got Mary Kay, the technical difficulty straightened out, hopefully. Okay. Mary Kay? Oh, are we going to ask I'm her? I'm here. Uh, yeah. Gonna, yeah. Ed, you start with that. So, so, Mary Kay, this is just hypothetically. So, <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there, I, was, I asked my dad, I said, you just popped in my head, I said, what if it's like the Super Bowl, right? And uh, two teams are playing. One team is up like maybe four points. They throw the ball on the goal line and it's intercepted. The other team is running back. There's nobody in the way. They're going to win this game because it's going to be a pick six. If, if a coach leaves the sideline and tackles the guy <laughs> and the clock is, is expired at zero, this Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What would the NFL do? Would they would they <laughs> give them the points? I don't know a case where they've ever never given happened. some they've never awarded points based on what they thought would happen. What would happen in that case if there's no time they tackle them? I, I, what what, what would insane, they do? But what would what do you think they do? And probably call a, a, a penalty, and you know, no play, run the play over. Wow. Well, but that would, oh, but man, that, I'll, but that would, but that would just basically give that team the game, right? Like, we we intercepted the football. If they say the clock the clock is done, we can call the penalty. We run the play again, right? Yeah. So that basically, I guess, it does get the other yeah, team. That's, that's that gives insane. the other team a win. I don't know. I don't know, Mary Kay, but uh, the way this season's gone, I guess anything could happen. We could we could see that in the Super Bowl uh, because the Brown season's just been absurd. Mary Kay, like you think about, I know this has been talked to death, but I just said yesterday, if you had been in a coma and you woke up today and I said, okay, let me tell you about the Browns, you try to guess their record. Joe Flacco is their quarterback. Mm. He came off the couch and has played the last three weeks. They lead the league or they're second in the league in turnovers. And they have more injuries than every team but the Texans and the most money on injured list. And I gave you just those facts and I said, what's the Browns record, you think? You'd probably guess, what, three wins, four wins? I mean, not much more than that. It, it's mind-blowing how good a job I think Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry have done to steer this ship in the right direction with all the adversity they've had to deal with. You know, I, I agree with you on all of that. And I would also add in there, if you told me that they lost the turnover battle in nine games, uh, I would not believe that they have a nine and five record. So, yeah. but here, here's the other thing to think about. And you know what? I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's just the reality of the season. And that is if Jake Moody and Darnell Mooney had done their jobs at the end of games. And if Mooney had hung on to the ball instead of it popping off of his lap the other day, and if Jake Moody in the San Francisco game 
just makes the 41-yard field goal, then the Browns are not even in the playoffs right now. So yeah. that's the, the razor-thin yep. margin for, uh, for failure and success this season. So, yes, they've done a tremendous job, and they deserve all the credit that they're getting. Uh, but by the same token, what would we be saying if those things just went the other way? Again, that's they true. deserve all the accolades they're going to get. Uh, but they've also gotten a, a they've gotten a lucky a few times. What if the calls that went their way at the end of the indie game didn't go their way, right? And those things have a tendency to even out over the course of a season. Uh, but I think those little breaks that you get in a game, I think they've had their fair share this year. No doubt. You know, Mary Kay, I, I look at the offensive line up front, and um, you know, you, you have Wyatt Teller. He's the only he's the last man standing. And and I came out and said, look, man. The, the Browns are going to have to win a different type way. Usually, I would say run the ball and, and make sure that you can stay, keep this game, you know, balanced. But I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm thinking that they got to run trick plays. <laughs> they they got to they gotta throw the ball. Maybe Joe Flacco's arm is the best way to win these football games. Uh, do you think, as, as constituted, this offensive line is going to be able to continue to run the ball, or are they going to turn into, we're going to let Joe lead us? You know, I think Joe throwing the ball downfield, finding the favorable one-on-one matchups, uh, you know, that's going to be their bread and butter the rest of the way. When you have an arm like that, when you've got a guy like that can throw that that can throw a ball like that, and you've got players like Amari Cooper that can catch it like that, and now you've got David Njoku doing what you need him to do, uh, I think that's what they're going to have to do. That is absolutely what they're going to have to do. And I think going forward, the thing that could possibly hurt them the most is the fact that they aren't going to have uh, their two tackles in there. Uh, when you get uh, up against some really, really good edge rushers, it's going to be increasingly difficult. That's where you're going to have to rely on Joe's ability to, the game is very slow for him, his ability to see what's going on out there and to operate very, very quickly. And then he's also got the arm to get it downfield very quickly. So, uh, you know, I just think that that's what you're going to have to do. Okay, let's talk about this secondary. I mean, they, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries. Obviously, Juan Thornhill and Del Pitt is being out. And, and what is up with Denzel only coming in on third down? What is he not 100% healthy? What is that about? Yeah, that's just a function of Denzel not really being 100% ready to play yet with the shoulder injury and them kind of easing him back into the lineup and that's okay i never have a problem with that uh you want to get the most out of him going forward and you don't want to you know waste it all in one game if he's not really ready yet uh juan thornhill is week to week uh they've really taken a hit in the secondary fortunately they've gotten really really good play from ronnie hickman d'anthony bell because as we know grant delpit is out for the rest of the regular season and he's going to try like heck to make it back for the playoffs if he can uh but we just don't know if that's going to happen yet Mary Kay, obviously the running game has been a struggle. We just talked about the offensive line. Uh, it's really gone downhill here. Uh, besides the offensive line, is there anything they can do in the running game to get a spark, whether it's use Pierre Strong more because maybe he's a better outside runner? Uh, Jerome Ford seemed to be lacking some vision, I thought, last week. Maybe, I don't know, who knows. But, but uh, I don't know. What can they do? Because... Right now, they're a big-time passing team. I'm kind of enjoying it. And G's like, well, they got to just go with it. I kind of agree with them. <laughs> but do you think they do have to try to run at least a little more or no? Well, they, they can they can try, and they can do some other things. I mean, they can run. They can try maybe Marquise Goodwin on a few jet sweeps and some things like that. They can use the shorter passing game as their running game if they have to. So, you know, maybe some more screens and, and things like that. Um so, yeah, the, there will be ways to accomplish what they need to do, and they, they will find them. And, you know, once again, they've got such an experienced quarterback that no matter what they ask him to do, he's done it all before, and, and he will be able to accomplish it for them. Mary Kay, we're looking ahead to this Houston Texans game. What is your biggest concern that the Texans do that you think the Browns will struggle with? Well, I know they have a, they have a good defense. They have a good, sound, aggressive defense. And as I mentioned before, uh, you know, you've got to really keep uh, Joe Flacco as protected as possible right now. Again, he he can operate very, very quickly, but, um, you know, you really need to keep him from making bad decisions. He can't be throwing interceptions. And, 
you know, the first two of those I didn't really think were his fault. It seemed like there was miscommunication between him and Cedric on the first one. And then on the second one, Cedric uh, had the ball popped out of his hands. So, um, you know, th- those were, weren't really Joe's fault. But the thing that probably does concern me the most would be, um, you know, just the offensive line, just really struggling under the weight of losing all of your offensive linemen. Hopefully for them, they will have Joel Batonio back this week, but he couldn't even move after the game. Mm. And, you know, that was really unfortunate for them. So, you know, I would say that's it. And then if C.J. Stroud is back, and we don't even know that yet, if C.J. Stroud is back, then obviously he's playing so well. He's got 20 touchdowns, only five interceptions. He moves well. Uh, He is a a tremendous playmaker. And, uh, you know, they they will have to try – uh, to solve, it, you know, another dual threat quarterback like that without a lot of their defensive weapons. Yeah, I, I was just going to go to with, with CJ Stroud. It's like, you know, um, I don't know what their their game plan would be. I, you know, um, let me ask you this this question. Why does it seem like the Browns defense is different? I mean, they're they're they move scarily fast um, when they're at home. What's, what has been the difference between the way they played on the road and the way they played at home? You know, that, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I don't really know. I don't know if they kind of get fired up at home from, from the crowd. They keep talking about how the 12th man has been huge for them this year. So there's always crowd noise that you have to contend with and, and those kinds of things. Um, and some of it is just, you know, who you are playing at home and, you know, when you're catching guys at home. I mean, when they played – the San Francisco 49ers at home. Let's remember, I mean, they lost Debo Samuel very early on in that game. Uh, they lost Christian McCaffrey in that game. And, um, you know, so there, there have been little things like that that have kind of gone their way. Um, so I think that has had something to do with it as well. Um, Clayton Toon playing him at home. Um, so, you know, those are those are some of the reasons, too. By the way, C.J. Stroud, as of late last night, had still not cleared concussion protocol. Uh, you know, typically, obviously, as you know better than us, Mary Kay, we probably, you usually don't hear anything on Tuesday, but probably by tomorrow we'll have a feel for what, what Stroud's uh, status is. Uh, Mary Kay, when, do you think um, at this point, you know, the Browns uh, put in a claim for a defensive lineman? I know the Texans got him. Do you, you know, we talked a little bit about it with the offensive line, but do you think they're going to still be aggressive maybe and add more guys off the street or practice squads here in the next couple of weeks? And, you know, they, yeah, they probably will. I mean, they're always very aggressive in that way. And when you keep losing guys, you have to keep adding. And I'm sure now they're probably going to be looking at some more offensive linemen. Uh, you know, they've lost their ability to kind of run some of that big game with Nick Harris at fullback if he's playing center, uh, you know, with Michael Dunn coming in as an as an extra guy. So, you know, they're going to have to restock that position a little bit and some others. You know, they're going to have to keep an eye on the defensive backfield to see if Grant actually does make it back for the playoffs. Right. And uh, and now, can, again, we're waiting to hear about Obo Okoronkwo and whether or not he's going to have the surgery now or try to play some and have it after the season. Mary Kay, do you know the status of uh, Anthony Walker? I know he uh, was out last week. Um, is this this injury that he sustained in practice something that's long-term, or do you think he'll be back next week? Well, I know he was tentatively scheduled to speak to the media tomorrow, and a lot of times you only do that if you're planning on playing in the game. So I'm going to say right now that he's probably got a good chance of playing. Um, but, you know, we won't know for sure. Again, uh, we don't uh, have much of an injury update until we get out there tomorrow. But, um, but yeah, I think that there's probably a good chance Anthony will be back. And that, that will help because I think Anthony's playing his best ball under Jim Schwartz. I think he's looked really good this year, as uh, are a number of guys, including JOK. Mary Kay, last thing. The Browns still have a chance to win the division, obviously. They have to win out. And they need the Ravens to lose to the Niners and then to lose to either the Steelers or the Dolphins. Do you think what what percentage chance would you give that of happening? Browns win out, Ravens lose to the to the Niners and either the Dolphins or Steelers. You know, last time I checked, New York Times had um, predictor had that at about four percent chance of happening. Uh, so I'm going to roll with that. Okay. Um, so. 
it's not very likely, obviously. But once again, stranger things have happened. Baltimore has a much tougher schedule than the Browns do the rest of the way. I think the Browns can win out. I don't see a game left on the schedule that is not winnable. Um, so, I mean, they could do their part and make that happen. And then uh, they would just need Baltimore to falter. So, uh, you know, not ruling it out. But again, it just will not be easy. All right, Mary Kay. Have a, have a, have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Happy holidays, guys. You too, Mary Kay. We'll talk to you soon. Our Sean Merriman, former NFL defensive player, of course, great defensive player, um, he is going to join us in just a few minutes. He's doing... Uh, USC? Yeah, through uh, Fubo TV, right? He's coming on. He's going to talk... Obviously, we'll talk football with him, but he's also promoting that as well. What stood out to you for Mary Kay, guys? Anything? Injuries? She thinks they still may look for an offensive lineman, as we talked about. She, she it made it seem like she feels like the, and I agree with her. The, yeah, I don't know. The Texans game is a rough one. It's a tough one. They they went on the road and won with their backup quarterback last week. Yeah, but that was against the Titans. It what is, is the Titans? But the Titans did go. Titans on the road had a nice win the week before, before, but overall they've been a bad. It's team just the year. fact that you you just don't know what to get from the Browns on the road. That's the problem. Yeah, they've been inconsistent. That's on the road. What, yeah, yeah, and I think that's the part. Like, and Texans was been hot as of like the past five six weeks. They've been rolling. So the offensive line thing is the biggest concern. I yeah, mean, yeah. if they can't if they can't protect, I mean, I don't know how their pass rush is. I know they got the guy from Alabama. Will yeah. Anderson. Yeah, Will yeah. Anderson. I don't know how he's been doing because I haven't yeah. really been keeping a huge eye on them. I'm actually kind of concerned about the Jets game, too, because I know their D-line is really good. I'm concerned about the Bengals game. I, I, don't, I don't know why I worry. Even though it's at home, but for some reason, that Jets game, it, it, it All three me. of them. It's it kind of crazy. Listen, they're all going to be competitive. <laughs> I expect them all to be competitive games. I'm least worried about the Jets. I, I don't know why suck. y'all. Okay. They just got boat raced by the Dolphins. I mean. It's the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, but the Dolphins don't have to beat anybody good. How good are the Dolphins? And Tyreek Hill didn't play. Even more reason why I'm more concerned. I don't know, what do you mean? They but they boat raced them without Tyreek Hill. But I'm saying like they, they should have got Jets should have gotten boat raced without Tyreek Hill playing. I, I think I they think stink. I think where if the Browns is playing at home, I don't know if this is irrational. I just don't think they can lose at home. I don't know why. I mean, the only game they lost to? at home was yeah. the Ravens game when DTR played. And he practiced. Yeah, that's omitted. That, we don't, we, that's, that's, a, that's an asterisk. Uh, to <laughs> me, if CJ Stroud doesn't play, I think the Browns have an excellent chance of winning. Yes. If he does, it's a complete toss up, I, I, I think. I, I, would, I, look I would never bet on Browns games. <laughs> I'd never bet on Browns games. <laughs> Ever. It's all, it comes down to like a, the last second, bro. I, Every time. Yeah. Every time. I can't do it. Have we have we yeah. won a comfortable okay. game this year? Cardinals, Texans. Uh, Titans, Sean's Cardinals, coming Titans. on talking about extreme fighting, not the other thing. Extreme okay. fighting, you, right? You, you gonna get it? Yeah, bad ring? job out of us. Could I read the promo yeah. material wrong? You ain't never had somebody that you wanted to extremely fight. I mean, sure. I want to know is it nonsense. different rules? I don't know. Well, well, we're actually probably, <laughs> probably similar. Go yeah, ahead, before Andy. we bring Sean in, I do want to remind you guys that we do a TV show for half an hour on Fridays from twelve thirty to one with, as Mikey McNuggets likes to say, never-before-seen Browns content. And he will be back this Friday to produce that show, so it's going to be never-before-seen. He hasn't been here all week. And we're going to get Sean in here in just a second. Bull, if you want to bring him in. Yeah, Sean Merriman, be great player in the Sean's NFL for many, many years. He's been with, on with us once before. He's, here, he's, we're going to talk football, but, I, but also big uh, extreme fighting event on Fubo TV, Saturday, January the 6th. There it is, the women, the women's fight, Montez against Catiline. I apologize if I pronounced their names wrong. Sean, did I get their names right? Do we have Sean? I'd be Cataline. Cataline. Where do you see that? We don't have Sean. Do we have him? Yeah, Sean, can you hear us? What's, what's up, guys? What's, what's up? up man? Did, I, did I screw up their names or no? I like the women's fights. No, the, by the way, don't worry about it. They won't kick your ass. They really, they're really nice, man. So you don't gotta worry about that. Sean, man, I ain't seen you since Maryland, since Old State put it to Maryland, man. How you been, baby? Oh, 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 yeah. hey, what's going on? That, that was intentionally. <laughs> I, that was You've been holding that one. We, I forgot about that. <laughs> Him and DeQuell, man. DeQuell ain't answered my text messages since. I've been trying to. I've been. I've put out a PVP for him. I don't know where he at. 
Look, we we got we got ghosts way before Halloween. Trust me, who's about it. Man, that, that was bad. But you, but you know what, though? Those three quarters, we had y'all on the heels, right? The, it, it, was, it, it happened exactly like I told you it was going to happen. Yeah, I know. But but I, I, I felt a little bit differently towards it that, that middle of that third quarter. Yeah, y'all and I said, okay. You know what was yeah. bad? You know what was bad about Maryland? Is that after that game, y'all kind of went. Yeah, it, you know, it's one of those things, man, where I think, I think it took a lot out of them. Um, because that was, in my opinion, they had a chance, right? I mean, you, I don't, we're not talking about moral victory here or anything like that, but I think they've had a real chance. And sometimes when you have a, a a great team like that on their heels, you got a real chance. Like it takes, a, it's like a gut punch. It's a gut punch where it takes a lot out of you. And then you're right, man. Those following a few weeks after that, they were just like, what the same, you know, what the same team. You know what? What I heard, and you can tell me if this is true or not, Sean. I heard the reason Maryland kind of fell apart after that is because Connor Stallions was on the sideline and he ran into one of Maryland's best players, knocked him out of the game, and and that screwed up the whole season. Well, whatever you want to believe is true. I mean, that was really, that was making fun of Michigan more than Maryland. Uh, Well, we go ahead. The cheating Michigan. No, I said, at, at, at that point, man, it was like, uh, like I said, it, it knocked a lot of wind out of them. Yeah. But you know, the, the truth, the truth of the matter, right? I, I just think that if Maryland goes out, you beat Illinois, you beat some of the teams that you're supposed to beat. If you lose, if you have a loss against Ohio State or Michigan, nobody's going to ra- you know wave the white flag. And, and so, the, their biggest problem, their biggest issue this year, is dropping those games of teams they should have beat. Yeah. Right, well, let me ask you about this, this Sean. Uh, you know. The, the, the transport portal is crazy. Like, you know, I'm going to OU Bobcat. We got a, a, a five-star guy. We feel like he turned into a five-star. 6'5", 231. And, like, he played well in the MAC, and he got in the portal. And so now he's going to go to another school, a bigger school. What ways can, like, teams that are, that are trying to take that next step, like Maryland, is it a way that they can utilize the portal to get there, or do you think this is going to be – uh, hindrance to teams like Maryland because even if you do get some guys that you recruited and they're good, they may be looking to go to like greener pastures. So how do you you view the the, the transfer portal? It's a crazy time, man, because um, it's a little bit of a wild wild west, right? Like you, you can have a, you can have a kid to come in one day and have a problem with a coach, and next thing you know, next week he's like, hey man, I want to be out of here. Right. And it's like, no, it, there's no cause of action. There's no process. You can literally walk in one day and say, man, I don't want to be here anymore and go in the portal. Right. And so that that to me is is uh, kind of it. Eventually, it's going to be a black eye. to I think the college football that they don't have some kind of recourse of action. Right. I get it. Guys have want to have an opportunity somewhere else. Maybe you're not playing. I went through there where I didn't play my first year, year and a half at the University of Maryland. And I was like, man, I, I, you know, I went to the coach today. I'm looking at transferring because I'm not on the field and I got on the field, and did my thing. But I couldn't imagine being so easy because I just didn't like the situation I was in. Or I didn't like the position. Or I didn't like the way the coach was acting one day. Or I didn't like these winter workouts. Right. You just say, I don't, I don't want to be here. I'm going to go somewhere else, right? And so I think it's it, when it comes to that, it, it, there's a little bit of the, the wild, wild west factor. But I think we're in this situation, guys, because the, the college, the big-time programs and the big-time coaches were greedy. <coughs> and they didn't want to share any of the money. And the players got screwed, as you did, as Tyvis did, as G. Bush did. You guys got screwed for years because you couldn't make any money off your name. You got a free bagel and cream cheese. You could be kicked out of the game. It was crazy. crazy. And because they were so greedy on the on the the coach and the school side, they never took any steps to say, "Hey, this is crazy. We got to change the system a little bit." And so eventually, it got to the point where, well, of course, it's Wild West because they were never taking steps that way. So it's all the fault of those schools and the greediness of the schools and coaches. I think. I, I would I would agree to that, but also go even bigger than that. I think it's NCAA's fault. Yeah, hundred um, percent for for not you know. By the way, if you're if you're starting to pay guys, let's call it five grand a month, right? Somehow off of the jersey sales, NCAA sales, school sale, wh- whatever it is. If you start to pay guys five grand a month five years ago or four years ago, mm-hmm. this wouldn't even be an issue. NILs wouldn't even be a deal because you, they've already made steps to make That's sure right. the players yeah. and, and the student athletes were compensated. That's all guys want to do is compensate it. But 
they were being greedy for so long. They were holding back, not giving guys anything off of their names and off of who of what they've done. Yep. That it kind of blew up where they don't even have any control at this point on who's getting paid, what NIL deals coming through, transfer portals, who's like they have no control. It's a literally it's a wild wild west now, and that happened because they decided to do nothing for yep. decades. Yep. For uh, you know, however long the NCAA has been around, they, they they decided to do nothing to give the players nothing. But I guarantee you, three, four, five years ago, if they offered the top five, the top guys, or everybody on the team gets twenty five hundred dollars a month, your top guys get five or ten thousand dollars a month, there'd be no such thing as as the NIL. The NIL wouldn't be an issue. Uh, they wouldn't have to worry about guys getting a million, two million, three million dollars and leaving one school, going to the next because there's a bigger NIL deal. They kind of, in a way, brought this on themselves. No doubt. No doubt. By the way, you know who could use the transfer portal is the Browns because they have so many injuries. Mm. You know, can we can we transfer maybe Dearness Johnson back from the Jaguars? I don't know. But, Sean, this, I don't know how closely you followed this, but the Browns have the second most players on IR in the league, the most money in IR in the league, so many key guys. They lead the league in turnovers. They have a negative turnover differential. And yeah, they're on their fourth quarterback, Joe Flacco, and they're nine and five. I mean, it, what? What's your thoughts on the job the coaching staff and the players who are playing have done on this team? The, the head coach isn't getting enough. Uh, Stav- is it Stavansky? Yeah. Stavansky, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Stavansky, yeah. He's not getting enough credit for that. Um, we've seen this one other time in the last like decade or so. I believe that when uh, John Harbaugh had. Remember the Ravens team when Marcus Peters went down? They had nine of their top guys to go down in one season, and they were still going out there competing. And so when you're able to find – look, the ro- the rotating door, that offensive line that they've had this year alone, outside of the quarterback position and some other big key, uh, big key positions, look at that offensive line, and, and guys had to step up and move over and switch positions, play – I mean, it's been crazy. And so there's no way they should be sitting around with that record – if the coach, that coaching staff didn't figure out a way for them to go out and win football games, because theoretically you're not supposed to even be in contention when you have this amount of players. You're on your third or fourth quarterback, as you said, whatever it was. There's, there's no way in hell they should even be in this position. So we, the coaching staff is just not getting enough credit for finding ways to win football games. In terms of the injury, Sean, you know, obviously yourself and a lot of other people. Um, right now, you look at the rash of injuries that's been happening all over the league. And, so, and I think it's really hitting home now uh, because I laugh and joke. They say, you know, when everybody else is getting injured, offensive line, D-line, backers, they're like, oh, it's part of the game. Let them let them quarterbacks get hurt. Them, them big money dudes get hurt. Then it's, oh, we got to look at this. This is, this is an epidemic. We can't have these backups in. What, you know, when you're going through it as, as a player, you know, a lot of guys on it. What are what are some of the things that you know you 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 guys do behind the doors, just be just to get ready or to make yourself available, even though you're playing hurt. Well, you know, first and foremost, man, um, they got this thing. You could be in a walking boot all all entire week, and they get they got get you out there in front of the fans and the crowd Sunday, and you get to jog it around. That adrenaline kick in. Next thing you know, that walking boot pop off. Remember back in the day, they got the in church. They touch your head, and they they get out the walker. They start walking. <laughs> catch the ghost. That's 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 what they do, man. In NFL, I'm telling you, you could be in a walking boot, can't walk around the entire week. Training staff gets you out there, and they. They know they get you in front of that crowd. You hit the music, your teammates, and you know the energy's going. That adrenaline kick in, buddy. And you're going on the field, and so um, I think that in, in this particular case, whenever you have a lot of injuries uh, on a team, there's a mindset that takes place of what side of the ball needs to step up, and that's to me, in my opinion, that's why they're sitting around a nine to five still because they made it. They made a conscious effort, a decision that whoever goes down, somebody else have to step up. And that's the only way that you can be in a position like they are right now. You know, Sean, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, JOK has been playing unbelievable this season. I mean, he has what do you got, 18 TFLs and three and a half sacks from a guy that was nothing last year. I won't say he was nothing. He wasn't that great last year. This year, he's unbelievable. You know, what do you think contributed to that? Is it the coach? Is it the scheme? What is it? I think it's a, a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, I played with a, a really a damn good player, Sean Phillips, being on the opposite side of me. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, I did every every week. I knew that teams were looking to double team me, triple team me, fan protect, slide protect, chop block, crack back. I mean, every week I knew I was going to see a different formation that was going to stop me from getting to the quarterback. What happens is you got somebody else on the opposite side of you who's going to get that one-on-one. And when you got a guy that's capable of getting that one-on-one, like I had Sean Phillips, uh, he's he's playing right now because Miles Garrett, they got other guys that's uh, requiring so much attention on that defense, and he's out. He's going out winning those one-on-one battles. And you need guys like that because that takes the attention off of a Miles Garrett. That takes the attention off your big-time players because they're not worrying about getting double-teamed. When, when you got other guys going out there making plays too, as he did this year playing in that backfield, that's that's a win for everybody, but that's ultimately what you what you hope for out of your defense. Hey, you talk about getting seeing double teams and triple teams. A guy like Miles Garrett, what? How do you defeat those? What's the best way you think to defeat a double team or a triple team? It's a mentality at that point, man. Because at the end of the day, it's you know that going into a game, Miles Garrett is going to require all your attention. You got to find out where he's lining up at. Strong weak side, you slide protection, roll that, roll that offense line over, chip block, keep that tight end in the set, make sure they hit him on the way out. The problem is what well, they got very good this year, and that's being able to rush him down the center of the guard. At that point, you can't do anything. When somebody's capable of doing that, they can rush you off the edge, move around that, that C and D gap and, and kind of bounce around that way. When they start lining up over your center and guard and they can pass rush your center guard down the middle, there's, there's nothing you can do with that. Right. But that's just straight up. I'm, I'm better than you. I'm a man and you can't block me. And that's what's been happening with him this year. And, and I always said this. And this is my biggest gripe with Miles Garrett. I remember a long time ago when I seen him in person, dude, and I seen him. I said, this dude doesn't look real in person. I mean, he looks like a cocktail character, a superhero. And my biggest gripe with Miles Garrett in the past was he didn't play hard for 60 minutes. Uh, you know, some days, some plays he'll take off, some plays he'll, you know, he'll go missing for a series. The way he's playing right now, nobody can block him. No one could do anything with him because he's turned that he's turned that switch on for four quarters. We haven't seen this Miles Garrett before, and I know he, he got banged up a little bit this year. But outside of that, he's doing something we haven't seen him him do in, in probably in his career. Um, let me let me ask you this question, and we want to get to to your league, man. Uh, the lights out extreme fighting. Now you guys hit a milestone. You know, I'm in the content. I'm into figuring out what the algorithm. You guys look like y'all didn't hit the algorithm. 90% viewership increase from the last uh, from the last event with FUBU Sports. What are you guys doing to, you know, stand out in that market? Because that is a crowded sector. It's a very lucrative sector. What have you guys been doing behind the scenes to really put yourself on the map and to grow your business model? Well, one thing you said, man, is the truest thing of all is it's a it's a crowded space. Right. Um, but you start to have a couple organizations like us to pop through the cracks and start to kind of separate what we're doing. I think for us, um, we're not in competition with anybody. And I was just with uh, Dana, the other Dana White the other night, um, actually a couple couple nights this past week um, in the World MMA Awards where I was presenting. I got a chance to talk to him, got a really good relationship. We. You know, the UFC is a big part of why I got into this business. Back when I started going to fights in the mid-2000s, 2005, 2006, I knew I wanted to be in the sport, uh, and so we are. And so with us, it's just more growing organically. People are finding out more about us, obviously having the opportunity to come on shows like this, talk about it. But more importantly, man, I, you know, coming from the NFL, the background, which is the NFL will always be the biggest platform in this country I mean, in sport when it comes to sports. Um, and to have that affiliation and making that transition into what I'm doing now, it's it's been beneficial because, you know, now people have followed me in my career and playing football now, watching MMA and watching my building, and more and more people, man, are, are finding out about us, and I think that's, that's where the upside is, man. It's like, okay, now we went from people hearing about us to people knowing about us, and now people are actually watching us, and that's why you're seeing the, the jump in viewership as, as we had these fight, fights over fight. By the way, Two fights ago, we were up 70% viewership uh, from, from the nice. fight before. That, to me, is when you're making those type of jumps, man, it, it says a lot of, about what the fans are, are liking from us. Sean, give us a little preview of the of the, the, the high, you know, the lead fight there, the highlight fight, main event. Yeah, this one's, this one's actually our, um, our our first main women's uh, bout that we've had for a main event. And uh, typically, I stay out of the matchmaking process, man. Um, you know, I got great matchmakers. I got a great team, and and I'll step in once in a blue moon if 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 something needs to get over the hump. This is one of the ones. Once I found out this one was available with with um, Abby and Jackie, 
you know, these two women, I bet they're badass, man. Everybody in the MMA community know who they are. Um, and it's, if I had my pick, which I never know, but if I had my pick, I think it's going to be a fight of the night. Uh, this is our biggest car we've had in the history of the company, um, not just because the women's main event, but some of the uh, up-and-coming superstars. I think we got about two or three people in this car that has a real shot uh, at the UFC uh, when they've done a couple of fights with us. So, yep, Saturday, January 6th, um, we'll be in L.A. I mean, I'm sorry, Long Beach. And uh, we'll be live on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. If you don't have Fubo, man, make sure you get it. This one's going to be a banger for sure. And when, when can they get, when get Fubo? Can you just download that wherever you get your apps or whatever the case may be? Yep, yep. You can download, you can download, subscribe to Fubo. Um, you know, they got a lot of great programming on there. We just moved into the top five or close to the top five most watched, you know, in the history of the company on Fubo. So, that that was a that was another big milestone for us. They got some great some great content on there, some other great sports leagues and, and whatnot. So to be up there with, with some of the best um, you know, leagues in not just in the country, but in the world. That's you know, because they got huge they're huge international soccer and some other sports. And so to be up there with, with, with everybody else has been pretty cool. I got I got the biggest shocking thing when it comes to MMA. Do you know that as out of shape as I am now, there was a few years ago where I was in a little bit better shape and I yeah, actually yeah. trained with an MMA fighter for six months. What's the she, And the MMA, it was a, a, a woman who was an MMA fighter. She actually fought for the women's championship. She lost in the UFC. Jessica Evil Eye, you know the name? Yep. She, 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 she hasn't been as good recently. She's, you know, but, but anyway, I trained with her for six months. Was it intense? She was just trying to make me less fat. It didn't work. <laughs> it, it, it worked. It worked. But then I gave it all. I gave it all back. Sean was like, nah, "I gave bro. it all back." It's the eating that gets you, Sean. You know, it's the eating that gets you. She did help me. I, 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 I had I had no idea where y'all was going to conversation, but I'm glad he said what he said because I didn't want to, you know, lead down the, down the wrong path with that yeah. one. So I, I keep it real. <laughs> Sean, great. Hey, last thing, real quick on football. Did you sack Joe Flacco in your career? Uh, and could, could you have imagined he'd still be, he'd be playing as well as he is coming back here right now? I don't know if I got I don't know if I got Flacco maybe, um, but you know what? One, one thing I'm happy about Flacco it, because it's showing. Look, it's some guys that need another opportunity, mm-hmm. right? You, they're sitting on the street right now. That's like uh, you know that can play because what he's doing right now he's he's saving them. He's saving their season. You know, truthfully, he's saving their season because they otherwise when you look at all these other positions and the talent that they have on his team, they can play. But since we're in a quarterback driven league, like you need somebody to go out there and is capable of making these plays with, with the you know, at the quarterback position. He saved their season. And and by the way, he was on the street, you know, some weeks ago. And you know, sitting on his couch with his, you know, with his family and and, and not even thinking about football. And you can tell, man, like when his interviews, his post-game stuff in the locker room, when he's around the guys. He's just appreciative, man, and and this and I and I get this. I I, I have the the same sentiment when it comes to having another opportunity to do what he's doing, man. He he can actually, if they keep at this pace, I think they can be a contender. If if they get some guys healthy, I know they got some guys went down for the year in IR, but if they can keep up this pace, I really do think that they can they can uh, contend. So what you're saying, Sean, is that I should get back in shape and get back out there because I mean I'm very appreciative of the game, and I'm only 29, so. You know, we, we, was, we was talking about Joe Flacco, though. So we, you know. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! My God! Off the top rope. He, he, he's still upset about the Bentley <laughs> game. We were talking about <laughs> Flacco. Belly, we didn't say titles. We just said Flacco. He was <laughs> waiting on that one. Man. <laughs> he saved it. Man, that was that's, that's gonna end it there. Thanks, hey, y'all. Yeah, January sixth. Yeah, that's right. You go, you go get Fubo. yours, Sean. Don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> I already got mine some weeks ago, man. That was a payback. It's a payback. He did. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. See you, Sean. Wow, man. That was, that was funny. He caught you slipping too. That was so right in that boy. That's a shame that people come on the show and they try to do be like that. <laughs> this cat time is. I need a reel of time oh. is just pandering. Just asking for that love. Would you have me coming out of the draft? <laughs> Did you see I'm telling my film y'all, Listen, I'm telling y'all right now, if I was to train for two weeks. You could play for the I'd Browns? Be, I'd be back. Not the only problem, man. Put that tape together. I mean, are you better than Ronnie Hickman right now? 
I see the the reason I Ronnie Hickman is a better athlete than me right now. The yeah. only thing I have over him is knowledge. I understand yeah. the game of football. So like, so for too. example, I don't have to run a four four anymore because I know where the ball is going. What can I can you run right now. Oh, today? Yeah. Five flat. I'd be lucky to run five flat. Ooh, man. Yeah, his start. Yeah, all that. His hamstrings. I, I might say, you know, it's that's all technique. His yeah. hamstrings. His hamstrings yeah. is too tight. His hips is tight. I he just, gotta, I just squatted. I just squatted like two seventy five yesterday. Is that good? No, I don't even know. No, I, hey, hey, I was. I was at like four when something. When the last time you fresh squatted? This is the last time I was two, at Ohio. In two State. weeks, you're gonna be ready to play. Yeah, two weeks, I'll be ready. What, what, uh, what star recruit were you, by the way, coming out of high school? Three. Uh, G. What were you? Man, I was like, a, I don't even know. Like, I was like, we didn't even have recruiting back then. It was just like they gave you a stop that long ago. I mean, I can't listen. I played in the nineties. <laughs> I, I listen. Man. I played in nineteen in nineteen ninety seven. I was I was cold in ninety seven. I was pretty. I made all all Ohio. I, I was I the highest was recruit. Oh, you got ninety seven. You were the highest recruit. Oh, you had yeah. And then I just I told people. What all were the your time. options? What other schools were you considering? I I, I, I went to. <laughs> So here's the way it'd be working. Me, me and Tyvis laugh about this all the time. So when you a recruit, right, yeah. you be going like, and so they'll say, all right, you won't come to these unofficial visits. So I went to unofficial visits everywhere. I went mm-hmm. to That's- Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State. All my buddies yeah. played at Ohio State. Yeah. So by the time you get to these official joints, they slot you based upon where they, what, how they feel about you. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to come for this recruiting visit. They was like, oh, yeah, it don't work like that, dog. We'll invite you yeah. <laughs> where we want you to come. Yeah. So all these big schools had my, so Wisconsin had my joint at, at like, it, it was like in like January. It's like, oh, no, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Ohio State it was like, we bring you in like last of December. But then they had that's so not many. Good when I, either. Listen, that's terrible. If they want to bring you in in January, it means you're not under serious consideration there it, or what? They want somebody else. Mm. They, you, you, it's like them setting a date with you. Right. Like, so what they, happened was, yeah. I, so all the other schools like Cincinnati, Marshall, OU, they was like, no, yeah. you, we need you the first week. Uh, and so when we when I went, I'm like, yeah, I went, I liked it. They was like, yeah, you can play tomorrow. And then, so there was a kid that played. There was a Samoan guy. Yeah. And uh, like, I don't know why I was right behind him in the rankings. And so he he all the big schools went him first: Arizona State, Michigan, Notre Dame. He got all slotted first, and he ended up going to Arizona. And they called me like at the end because you know back then you could decommit. Yeah. There's like. Hey, we got that slot open. We bring you in a week early. Oh, you could have gone to Arizona. I could have. I could have went to Arizona State. I, Notre Dame was down back back yeah. then, and then Michigan called. I really wanted to go to Michigan. Wow, shame on you. And, you been living in the warmth what's, of what's, Arizona. Uh, what's, what's, uh, what's his name? Um, the coach. He was a defensive line coach at the time. What's his name? Um, he lost a bunch of games, and then he went to San Diego State. He was under Lloyd Carr. Uh, what is his name? Yeah, you know, I don't know nothing about that. Anyways, I'll probably remember. But anyway, um, basically, they was like, they had called. And then I was just like, man, I'm going to just, no, nah, I'm going here. Like, they, they had already gave me the, the, yeah. the end card. I, I'm going to be the guy. And then, so, yeah, I, I could have went on those visits. So, yeah. If you had all the same choices now, would you have gone somewhere else? Woo. <laughs> now, my coach. Got you the super chat. Yeah, we got the super, yeah. Now, my coach was Coach uh, Grove, Jim Grove. He's on the college yeah. football playoff committee. Anyway, the first year we went there, they all got upgrades. They was like, yeah, yeah we're going to Wake Forest. Mm. I said, what? I'm going to Wake Forest, too. He was like, ah, we don't want to take you from the coach because they left one. But I, I I wouldn't have did it. I would I would have did it all the same way. Okay. Because no regrets. I'm G Bush now. Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke. That's his name. Brady Hoke. Steve Becker. Shout, shout out, out to Brady Hoke. All right, super chat time. Yeah, we all got right. super chats here, guys. And whenever we do super chats, it's brought to you by PCC Airfoils. Are you looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Air, Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, you can get a full benefit package, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So our first one here comes from Devoid Archangel. I believe I'm saying that right. Mm. Jackson Smith and Jigba with the game winner last night. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Yeah, go Bucks. <laughs> yeah, he's been coming on lately. <laughs> this next well, one Metcalf, here is I didn't a question. See I, didn't see, I didn't see any of this game. Apparently, Metcalf made a great catch. He made a good catch. He drive. ran a fade ball for like 30, 40 yards catch between two defenders, yeah. caught it. Then like two plays later, JSC and catch. I, I, have a fr- I have a friend who lost his fantasy <laughs> playoff matchup on that catch by Metcalf. I'll be sick. 
I'll be sick. I, I have a friend that yeah. lost his fantasy playoff matchup by point four Oof. because Kenneth Walker had two negative plays. Oh, wow. That hurts his soul. That's right, tough. That's Go ahead. Andrew. All right, next one comes from Ryan. He's coming to town for Thursday Night Football and Cavs. What's the best pizza downtown? That's a bull question. The best pizza. It's not tec- None. technically. <clears throat> yeah, the best pizzeria downtown closed, but it's not downtown, but it's close enough to downtown that I'll say Il Rione. <coughs> it's on West 65th. Is that I mean, the one where you got to eat it there? Because if you take it home, it's not as good. I mean, pizza in general, it's better to eat at the restaurant. <laughs> but I would say Il Rioni, although it's always crowded, especially on a you know busy night, so get there early. That's the closest restaurant to downtown that's the best that I've had. If so, you're yeah. looking for something right on Prospect, like which is right by the stadiums, it's uh, Southern Tier has really good pizza. They're a brewery, but their pizza's not bad. So. Have you ever had I don't some... trust pizzeria. I don't trust pizza from a non-pizzeria, but okay. That's fair. You Have you ever had a Primo's pizza? No, where's that? I'll just be ordering on DoorDash now. No, I don't know it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Go ahead. All right, next one's coming from Matt. Thank you, G, on the JOK point. That man's brother did die. So Yeah. yeah. I appreciate I, I, you. I forgot all about it. Like, yeah, it's very sad. We uh, next up comes it from last year, but it wasn't. We didn't really was, think was, about it. Yeah, that much. like it was really quiet. Yeah, like, go I, ahead. Yeah, he wasn't very vocal about that. But next one comes from Katz. Thank you guys from UCSS. So nice to be able to hear Browns talk in the Washington D.C. territory. We love the show. Thank Appreciate you. It. Appreciate shout out to Washington D.C. Yeah, shout out. Should next one. Thing, are, we, are we the biggest? Are we the biggest Browns show? No doubt. On the internet. Shout of out course. to the shout out, shout out to the thirty five thousand subscribers, man. That's that right. Great, good job out of you, Tyus. We hit a milestone today, thirty five thousand subscribers. Thanks to all you fans. And by the way, if you're still watching right now, give us a thumbs up. Hit that like button. Hit right that now. like button. Let's We're go. supposed to pause thirty seconds for yeah, the like forgot, button. We forgot, we forgot to do it. it. We forgot the like button. Cut the podcast. Uh, radio. Uh, by the way, Washington DC yeah. should be a state. It's a disgrace that it's not. Should be a state. Go give ahead. them voting rights and all the territories That's too. Right. Stop That's playing right. around. Puerto Rico should be a state too. Go ahead. All right, guys. Reggie says, is it reasonable for Flacco to throw the ball 40 to 50 times a game being 38? How many times would you equate per series? Is this That isn't sustainable. I said the same thing. I said that, that him throwing for 40. But, you know, the thing is he has a big arm. And like right now, you got to do what you got to do week to week. And you just – there's right. n- that's the only option right guys, now. Guys, there's nothing reasonable about this season, so stick with it. Stick, keep <laughs> saying, it at the end of the year. day, you got to do what you got to do to nothing, win, and that's what about, it is. Think about this. The Browns have nine wins, and they're averaging, averaging over two turnovers per game. That's sick. Crazy. That shouldn't be possible. It's, listen, they got to fix it by the playoffs because they had to come back to bite you. Go ahead next. All right, we got three more to go, guys. Uh, yeah. This one comes from Colin. G, are you working on getting Nate Clements on the show? Nate Clemens, Shaker Heights. Uh, listen, why not? I mean, I'm trying to get it. I'm, listen, I want to listen. You cool with Nate? When, I don't know. I'm going to get it together. I, want, <laughs> I, want a, I told Steve, I want a person. I want a person every single week on the barbershop. I want it to be known as the place where they're like, man, how you keep getting this guy, guy and this guy? Yeah. I don't know how y'all going to do it, but yeah. I need one person a week. We got a lot of great guests on this show. We try forever. By the way, Kyle McCord is going to Syracuse. That's, that's, what, that's what Syracuse. Why would you go there? The math ain't math. I don't think he. I don't like. He must didn't have a lot of great options. That don't make no it, sense. He's uncommitted. He's not somewhere. that good. You can go to go. To I a, knew. I understood the Nebraska thing. They Nebraska backed off because they got Dylan. They got Rayola. that other kid. Yeah, yeah they, he's they, the best was, quarterback prospect. Yeah. Why right? didn't I go to? I go to Iowa. Two more. Two Rick, more. Calm right, down. One. We'll get there. Calm down. We'll get it. Yeah, no, I'm just letting you guys know. <laughs> he was like, I got to get these money. From Kenny Moss, palpably unfair rule referee can award a score. Which I'm not sure what that's in reference that, to. Say that again? That's in reference well, to the, the guy, the referee, the, the coach ref, tackling yeah. the So player. the ref can award a score. That's what Can't he said. Can't or can? 
can't. It would be unfair. I, of course, it would. It would be totally fair. That's a touchdown. There's no way you could not score that touchdown. That, that, all the world would come. I to would get up. Home. I would get up and keep running because there no player. I punch the coach right in the face. Maybe kick him in the in the you know what's and then keep running. Go ahead. Last. All one. right, and then the last one from Young Majestic is people did really forget about JOK's rookie year. Yeah, JOK played well. He, he was played solid well as, as a rookie, but he, he wasn't solid. anything close to yeah, this. No, he wasn't this new at all. No, 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 no. All right, coming up on overtime today for you uh, people that are subscribers, or there's a lot of new subscribers because Earl's been doing his best Santa Claus impression. I don't know where you're getting this money from. Yeah, what is Earl doing? He's getting all this money. He's handing out, uh, he's doing a good thing in the holiday season. And uh, on overtime, we're going to do Ask the Show. I'm I'm commandeering this. We're going to do Ask the Show. You got to right now tweet at Anthony. Anthony, what's your Twitter handle? I never remember it. Uh, tweet at the show because my Twitter is broken for some reason. But your it Twitter is, sucks. Every time it, I have to tag everybody on <laughs> yeah. Twitter, I never can find Alt you. Wait, we're not done yet. What happened? Underscore Clee. Tweet at any of us on the show. Ask any question you want about whatever you want: sex, politics, sex. Uh, <laughs> If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.